the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Are you looking to sell your app? Blue Throne has bought apps from over 100 developers from all over the world. These developers had a great exit, left financial stress, and moved on to their next big project. Get a free valuation of your app by going to bluethrone.io. That, once again, is bluethrone.io. Scaling your Apple search ads campaigns can be challenging if you don't have the right toolkit. Trust me, I felt the pain. From market insights to automation tools, searchads.com provides everything you need in a single intuitive dashboard so you can easily adapt, optimize, and grow your mobile business in the App Store. Learn more by going to searchads.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters. Dot com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to helping you grow your app downloads and your revenues. I try to say that really fast just to get through it for you all <laughs> who have been with us for so long. And welcome to our Friday live streams where we have a guest on, really break down a strategy that's working in the app space and take a look at your apps. And joining with me, joining me this week is a friend of mine. I want to learn all about Facebook ads from him because he's been doing it for so long. He's been able to really grow his app and he's following. So I want to learn how he's using that to grow his apps, downloads, and his revenues. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Mike Durst. He is the founder of Oomph. Go check out the app in the app stores right now. If you're looking for a great workout app, that's quick. It's going to give you burn a ton of calories in less times in less time. This is the app. So go check it out Oomph in the app store. Mike, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks so much for having me, Steve. Great to be here. Hey, Mike, so I want to break it down with you with Facebook. I know you've been running a lot of different ads for a long time. Like, mm. What have you noticed since the iOS 14 change? How has your strategy changed with Facebook, given all the changes with iOS? Yes, yeah, sure. So the, I think the biggest thing with iOS is obviously we've lost a lot of tracking capabilities, right? So that's been a, that's been a big and significant change. Um, so you know, for us, what we've really focused on is interest-based targeting. So in the past, we had a lot of a lot of success with using campaign structures around optimizing for trials and retargeting people that have started a trial or have not started a trial. And all of that stuff pretty much went out the window with iOS 14. So we've really had to leverage interest-based targeting as our main kind of strategy source for now. Um, you can still optimize for trials, but we just haven't seen the same sort of results within Facebook ads. So we've really kind of, you know, gotten really specific and dove in more so on the um, interest-based targeting. So that just really includes a lot of testing different audiences, seeing what audiences are sticky and using the interest-based campaigns to drive those app installs. So, okay, there. <laughs> Are you no longer using type of like event optimization? It is is the objective now just for installs? 
Yeah, exactly. So we used to, and it's funny, I actually just had a call with Facebook today about that. And um, we used to do objectives for trials that we saw our, our best returns when we optimized for trials within our Facebook ad campaigns. But ever since I was 14, you know, they still have that option within um, within the Facebook ads platform. You can still optimize for trials, but for some reason, the tracking just is not as reliable. And obviously, I was 14 is the cause of that. So you can still actually choose that within your campaign, but we just have not seen anywhere close to the results that we did previously um, or prior iOS 14. So yeah, we've really kind of moved away from optimizing for events for now. And um, I'm planning on you know continuing to do tests with optimizing for events, but we haven't seen the, the results that we used to see with those uh, with that campaign campaign structure. So interest-based targeting has been uh, basically our, our main objective for uh, app install. So the campaign objective is installs using interest-based targeting, and then from those installs, we just monitor okay which audience and which interest base are actually generating more trials and at a lower cost per trial. So that's the way we've been doing it since I was 14. Got it. The, has your budget like allocation changed at all since all these changes? Yeah, well, we, we lower, lowered it at first. And then, um, you know, as, as things progressed, we, we kind of got it back to where, where we were previously. But, um, you know, mm. now with January, we're in the fitness industry. So January, we actually increased it um, uh, quite a bit because everyone's on the new year kick. So that, that's um, obviously if you're in the fitness space, January is a big month for you. So we've increased our budget, uh, of course, this month as well. Are there anything around the interest-based targeting that you might be able to share with us on what's been working well? Because I have one other, I have a client where, it's been hard, right? To really get, mm. figure out Facebook because a lot of times people aren't searching for this particular type of app. And so when we're into this, I know for you, it might be easy mm. because, you know, everybody's into fitness, but I'm wondering for an app that may not get mm. more like, ah, like for Blinkist, for example, right? Like, Hey, nobody's really searching for book summaries. People are looking for audio right. books. People are looking for books, but nobody's looking for book summaries. How do you go about any other like interest targeting that you've figured out? Yeah, I can give you a couple things that we're doing that are pretty cool. And um, well, number one, I think is that you just have to test a lot of different audiences, right? So continually testing new audiences. You know, what we do is we'll find a winner and we'll put the majority of the budget behind that winning audience. And then we'll allocate a small amount of budget to new audiences that, you know, we're testing out. So we'll, we'll test out different audience interest-based audiences pretty much ongoing and until we find one that beats the, the current winner. So that's one tip is just continually testing new audiences and just get creative with your interest-based targeting. So if, for example, you know, with us, it's a fitness app. So we'll find um, high-level competitor influencers and we'll target those names. We'll target uh, different fitness apps. You know, we're really just getting specific with who you're targeting. Um, but a couple of cool tips with interest-based targeting that we use that we find pretty effective is, so number one is obviously the testing that we just talked about. The second thing is the lookalike expand, or not the lookalike, the audience expansion is actually working really well now. So there's a little button that you can click within your campaign that, you know, says, hey, find people that are like the people in this audience. It's a lookalike expansion button. And we used to not have that clicked on. And now we find that that actually 
improves the results significantly. So Facebook is, is using its own algorithm to find people that are similar to the interests that you are targeting. So we, we leave that on now for all of our interest-based targeting um, uh, campaigns. So, so that's a pretty big one. And I think that also when you're using interest-based targeting, another strategy that you can use, which is what we do, is when you set up the different campaigns, change the copy of your ads within each interest-based um, campaign to match that interest. So, for example, you know you can tar- you can have the same ad in four different audiences, but the copy within that ad is different depending on those four audiences. So, if it's if it, if it's right. an audience for people that like are into weight loss, you might throw in some weight loss stuff. If it's for people that are into boxing workouts, you can put some boxing workout. So, we find that that really helps improve the the cost per install is when you can actually talk specifically to what the what the interests are within each audience so that that, that, that's a a strategy that we use as well that that seems to work quite well i like it all right hey guys in the the comments i put in a chat we are trying to build a community right here that's going to be coming up so i want your ideas on normally have a facebook community but i want to move it off of facebook because i'm never on it anymore and so discord Mm -hmm. or slack and i know a lot of people are saying slack but i want to say hi to joe What's up, Adrian? Good to see you. And then it looks like Discord's winning, but Samuel, good to see you, man. Romain, <laughs> and then Victor as well. Hey, Mike, you, you touched upon this with the audience expansion. So are you doing lookalikes? Or are you saying, hey, this interest base, go ahead and expand it. I don't have, you don't have to upload a lookalike email address? No, we still use lookalike audiences, but when I'm talking, well, even with lookalikes, whether it's a lookalike audience or it's an interest-based audience, we've been using the uh, detailed expansion for all of them. Got it. Okay. I like it. Have you tried out any of the custom product pages with Apple and trying to tie it in within Facebook at all? We have not. No, that's something that I know we we have done some split testing with our product pages, which is really cool. But we have not tied that directly into our Facebook ads yet. Um, That's something we're looking to test in the future. I'm curious. have, Have you done that with any of your clients yet? No, I haven't. That's what I was asking you because I don't know how it's going to tie in, right? Like, cause I think the custom product pages, they give you a link. So my idea was actually one of this same client that I'm telling you about where we can't figure out like who the audience is and we're trying mm-hmm. out Twitter right now. And the tar- the we're able to drive like low cost clicks, like 13 cents per click, but then I'm not able to track the installs. So I can mm-hmm. see all the product page views coming from Twitter, but I can't see the installs. And it doesn't even say it's coming from Twitter another thing right. too but i see like when we launch the campaign the product page views because we are taking them straight to the app store mm-hmm. is going there and so i was like what can i do and then it hit me i was like oh why don't i just set up a custom product page and that way apple can take care of all the tracking and all that stuff and then within twitter what i've done is set up a i couldn't get app installs to work on twitter but i did set up like website clicks as the main mm-hmm. objective and then only target iOS users and then only send them to an iOS link. And so that's that's how I sort of hacked that Twitter campaign because we couldn't get app installs. So my I can do it that way, but I don't know how Facebook, because there's no URL you just put in, right? It's just like so maybe it has to be a website right. URL versus a yeah, that would make campaign. sense. That would make sense. Yeah. That's interesting though. I, I'd be curious if you if you do set that up, let me know. One thing we have tried is the yeah. the uh, instant experience. Have you seen that within Facebook ads? Oh yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, we did try that. We didn't see as as 
you know, the results were not as good as our, you know, our just existing campaign. So um, that, that was an interesting test. But yeah, the installs actually, I think it was like double the cost per install on that, as opposed to just directing them straight to the install. So that, that was an interesting test. Um, we only we only tested that with a, a couple of different creatives. So I'd love I'd love to test that a little bit more. But um, yeah, I was expecting more from that and that that uh, didn't pan out. <laughs> get to get get. I want to get a little granular here. When you mm. said, hey, change the copy for your interest based targeting. Is it as just as simple as being like I'm targeting weight loss? And so it's like, hey, lose weight faster than any other workout type of thing. Is it just as simple as that? Or have you yeah, figured out any tricks in terms of that, copy? That's okay. it. Yeah. It's, I mean, I mean, with, with copy, you want to make sure you're maintaining some sort of proven structure that works as far as, uh, you know, getting the user to, to drive an action. So, you know, just, just sales copy that, that has that call to action that, you know, pegs the emotion of what the desired outcome is going to be. So using using a structure that works for you and your brand is important, but then just making those minor tweaks so that it speaks directly to the people that you're targeting within your interest based this uh, based audience, and getting um because uh, I know you you wanted a little bit more on the interest based stuff. So the one audience that yeah. audience that's doing really well for us right now is uh is it's so funny because within within Facebook you can um, one of the interests was fitness apps. So just like if, if someone is interested in a fitness app. So that one was super generic and I didn't think it was going to work that well, but it's actually been our best performing interest-based audience in the last month. So um, it goes to show that it really just comes down to just testing different things, being creative. And even if it s- seems super obvious, sometimes obvious works. Yeah, I like that. Are you using different ad groups for these interest-based? Is it a different campaign? How does your campaign structure look like? Look like yeah so what we do i mean with ios 14 app ads campaigns you can only have five audiences or five ad sets within a campaign which is super interesting you used to be able to have you know unlimited so you're mm-hmm. actually limited to five within each campaign so that's the amount that we test with and um, once we you know run out of steam on one campaign we'll, we'll launch a new one and test five different ones but what i like to do is i like to keep it all with one all within one campaign uh, for as long as possible. So I'll, I'll start with five. I'll just delete the ones that clearly aren't performing and I'll test new ones against the, against the winners. And um, I'll try and keep it within that same campaign for as long as possible. And then once it gets exhausted, then we'll, we'll create a new campaign. I love it. Anything else on Facebook that I might've missed Mike? Um, I think really just goes down to testing a lot. And, and the one thing we didn't really talk about is creative. So you know, hmm. making sure that you're always coming up with new, fresh, creative and really paying attention to which creative is winning for you, whether it's video, still images, carousels and finding, OK, this is what people seem to like. How can I beat this or make it better? So continually coming up with new creative is important, I think, for a brand and testing different creatives. And it's so funny because there's so, so many different theories on this. You know, some people are like, you've got to test a hundred creatives a, a month or a week. So it really yeah. comes down to your brand and, and what works for you. We we tend to test less creative. Um, one thing we are pretty good at is making high quality uh, videos. So we'll create, you know, 10, 15, probably per month. And no more than that. We just find that it just, uh, when we create more, um, the ones that are winning don't, 
have the steam or we, it doesn't give them the fuel or longevity to actually optimize and continue continue to optimize. So we like to let, let the ones that are winning go and we'll we'll run them for as long as we can until they stop performing. In fact, one of our ads, Steve, which you saw when we first um, uh, met each other, was is still running today. Um, and it, basically that ad is runs in tandem with our other top performing ads. But that ad, I think, is wow. almost three years old and it's still performing. So we, we don't take it off because why, why kill what works? So I think testing new creatives, look, finding what works for you, you and your brand and what, what works for your audiences. And then, you know, doing your best to come up with new creatives every month to test against those winners. I like it. I wanted to kind of show this off because you guys are, you know, you're like, Hey, we, we create great videos. Are you using some of these videos as it is? Yeah, yeah, we are. So this one is, this one actually is doing really well right now. This one's getting a lot of trials. Yeah. So this, this is one of our winning ads uh, at the moment. Yeah. And when you say trials, are you, you, what are you using to track how many trials you're getting from this particular ad? So we, it still tracks within Facebook. It's just the optimization for, for whatever reason with iOS, it's not, uh, it doesn't perform as well. I like it. You got yeah. this booty. I'm excited. Too. I'm I'm hopeful that Facebook comes up with a way to, you know, enhance the optimization of of event-based tracking within, you know, iOS 14, because that would be super beneficial. This one's doing pretty well too, actually, the one you're on now. And actually this one, this is a cool yeah. tip. We're actually running this ad from this coach's in, uh, Instagram page. Oh, and, nice. And that is doing really well right now. So that's the the, that's, the two that you just highlighted are two of our top performing ads right now. But yeah, this one we're running from oh, her great. page and it's doing super well. So that's another strategy you can use is have an influencer post your ad and then run it from there, from that post. Do you just need to get access to her account? How does that work tactically? Yeah, so basically what, what you do is when you when she posts, she's going to request to be a brand partner, right? So mm. when she does that on her post, what you can do is there's an advanced setting. So uh, there's a little button called advanced settings. When they're doing that, they click on that mm. and it, there's a little toggle and it says allow partner to promote. So you just tell them when you're setting up the campaign with them to say, hey, tag us as a brand partner. And when you do that, there's this little setting, toggle that on and that'll allow us to promote. So once that's done, when you go into your Facebook ads manager, when you are creating that ad, you say use existing post, you click on the branded posts button, and then from there it should appear um, if, if she's done that property properly, he or she. Wow. I've always wondered that because I've, I've seen Masterclass do that a lot and I've seen other apps. Yeah, that a lot, and it's like, the first time we've actually tried it. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time we've tried it and it's really working well. So I'm going to be doing that a lot more in the future and testing that out a lot more as well. I love it. Next thing I want to move on to is you've got a great social media following, over 9,000 subs- followers, great content. Talk to me about like your, I guess the first step would be, because I get this question a lot too, Mike, is, hey, should I be on social media? Should I be on social media? So talk to me about the the overall strategy when you're first developing the idea of being on social media, and then we can get into how you're really optimizing it for app do- downloads and installs. Yeah, so the the first question is, is uh, what, what's the strategy when you're first getting started? Basically? Yeah, why why did why did you decide 
to get into social media and really focus in on social media? Yeah, no, of course. Well, I think if you are a brand in today's world, you need a social media. It's just kind of expected now. Um, And it's just so powerful in getting audiences and your potential customers to interact with your brand, to get to know who you are, what you're about, provide value to them. And I think, you know, for most people, they have to have seven touch points with a brand before they decide to make a purchase. So it's super important that you get yourself out there, provide value, high quality content, and, you know, make sure that your current clients and potential clients are getting a feel for the brand. They know who you are, what you do. And it's just super important to get yourself out there. And um, it also, you know, it makes your your audience and your clients just, just get to know you on a deeper level. If you're sharing, especially if the founder pops in there once in a while, um, sharing the brand values, the the tribe mission, you know, all those things really have a compounding effect when someone is looking at your your brand if, to potentially purchase, make a purchase from or interact with. So yeah, it's, it's a super important and valuable thing to do. And I think everyone should do it if they're starting a business. Oh yeah. And did you, did you just, were you like thinking, should I do on YouTube? Cause I know fitness is big on YouTube. Should I be on Instagram? Did you have that sort of dilemma? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think for us, you know, I will say, and, and we have to get better at this as well. We actually are not on YouTube right now. Um, we picked one thing and we just kind of went mm-hmm. all in on that one thing. So our Instagram was that one thing. And we're now looking into starting with, uh, you know, increasing our Facebook page and our Pinterest account. You know, we, we actually mm-hmm. do have a lot of, of monthly viewers on Pinterest. I think we're at like 500,000 or something, but basically what, what we did is we like really wanted to focus in on, on one thing and get really good at that. And then expand from there. And it all comes also with just where you're at in business. Like we're a small team still. And, you know, we just don't have the manpower to manage so many social accounts. So we decided to go with Instagram. That's where we know that most of our customers are on. Um, we want, we're looking at TikTok next. So that's something we're going to start focusing nice. on very shortly. And um, I think it's important to not try to do everything, but pick one thing, get really good at it, and then expand from there. Yeah, I love it. Any tips on the social media front that you can share with us that's been working for you guys? Yeah, I think tips for social media is, you know, number one, provide value, making sure that uh, you're you're sending your, your customers and your followers things that they can learn from and things that they can engage with. So posting questions. So you can see we do a lot of like blog posts. Uh, we do a lot of announcements. Mm-hmm. So there's the, we just launched that booty sculpt program. So we're doing a lot of stuff around the booty sculpt stuff. Um, but, you know, making yeah, sure that we're, we're providing value, providing entertainment, and also giving them a chance to engage. So a lot of our questions have a, a call to action, whether it's like install the app or, mm-hmm. you know, what do you guys think? So just trying to drive comments in that way is, is really important as well. Yeah. Do carbs before a workout matter for fat loss? Yeah. And, do that. and one, one thing we're actually, this is kind of a fun thing that we're, we're starting yeah. with now is we're, we're using many chat. Um, actually, so this is a great post to, as an example. So you can see okay. how there's a, multiple comments with the word blog. Yeah. So many chat, I'm not sure if your audience is familiar with many chat, but are, are you familiar with many chat? I've heard of it. It's like a chat. Bot. Okay. Well, th- yeah, it's like right. a chat, bot. it's super powerful because they just came out mm-hmm. with Instagram automation. So this has been like really cool. 
And basically what you can do is you can tell your followers to comment a word. So here we've got a blog post, right? Do carbs matter uh, before workout for fat loss, right? So we just say, hey, if you want to learn more, comment blog. So they make that comment and it'll actually send them an automated direct message. And they can actually click on the automated direct message and it'll, it'll link to the blog post. And then from there, you've got them in your flow. So you can do a second follow-up message and just say, hey, mm. by the way, have you downloaded the app yet? Or hey, by the way, here's a free gift. So ManyChat's a super powerful automation tool that we just started using. And I'm really happy with the results so far. So um, there's a lot of creative things that you can do with, with ManyChat and um, their automations now with Instagram. Yeah, so here it is. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm just getting lucky, Mike. I'm pulling up all the things that, you know, working well for you. I, I pick one. <laughs> You're like, hey, this is a great example. And then I think yeah, another yeah. one. Hey, this is a great example of a video. I love the, it. The crazy thing too with the, the automated mm -hmm. flows, um, if you click out of there, let me just yeah. see if um, I'll sure. see if there's a, a post I can, yeah, scroll. Giveaway. Yeah, the giveaway one. Yeah, yeah. So the, that giveaway, um, this is a really cool. So the flows are really great for, for giveaways because I think this one has like a hundred comments, which, which wasn't great. Um, we're going to, we're going to get better at it, mm -hmm. but basically what you can do with the giveaway is you can really drive viral growth and viral um, comments and shares using a, a strategy with many chats. So what you can do basically is you say, you know, Hey, here's the giveaway comment with this word in the comments and you, you know, you'll get X amount of, uh, tickets to to win, right? So tag two friends yep. and you get two tickets to win. So they tag two friends and comment with the keyword. That keyword would then trigger a direct message campaign. It would send them a direct message and say, hey, we saw you commented. Thanks so much. You've got two lottery tickets. By the way, if you comment with three more friends with a new keyword, then you'll get you'll be at five lottery tickets now instead oh. of two. So then they go back and they comment. And then with the new keyword, you can trigger a second campaign that directs messages them and just says, hey, now you're at five. By the way, if you share the giveaway to your stories and tag us, you'll be bumped up to 20 lottery tickets. So basically, you get the point, right? It's a, it's a viral growth wow. strategy where you can direct message them automatically with these keywords in these giveaway posts to drive a lot of actions. So they're going to be tagging more friends. People are going to be commenting more and then you're going to get more shares on these, uh, on these pictures. So we've got another uh, giveaway coming up next month that um, works. Our goal is to get a, a thousand comments on that, um, on this up upcoming giveaway. That's awesome. And does many chat allow you to like easily pick a winner too? Do they help you automate that stuff? We, we just do it manually. Yeah. We just, well, what, okay. what it does do is you can set it up so you can see who's got the most, right? So you can tag people. So we just find, okay, let's just pick the people that have 20 lottery tickets because they followed all three actions and then we'll randomly select one of those people. Got it. I love it. Yeah. Mike, this is awesome. And then here's all this automation stuff. Yeah. It's a really, really, really cool. cool. Yeah. So much good stuff. I can't wait to see the thousand. If you, if you end up hitting that goal, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm sure we will. I've got some questions from Rassi. Any experience with Telegram? You got a few installs via groups like just like Reddit, but you have to read the group rules. Okay, so any experience with Telegram at all, Mike? Have you done no, anything on there? No, we have not done any ads 
So get a few old souls, some groups just like Reddit. Oh, just like uh, posting about the app within Telegram. Yeah, or? I think so. Yeah, think no, so. we haven't. We haven't really tried. We're, we're pretty heavy on on the Facebook ads. Um, so we we haven't uh, tried Telegram. But that's interesting. Yeah, me neither. I, yeah, I've no experience on that either. I've done some things on Reddit that have been, you know, it's kind of like hit or miss type of thing, continually yeah. test, but nothing on Telegram here. The beautiful right. thing about Facebook ads is that you can see exactly how much you're paying for the install. Just super important. Because yeah. it, it's all yeah. it all comes down to to math, right? So if you know that one out of ten people or two out of ten people start a trial and then half of those people end up with a purchase, then you can figure out a way, okay, this is how much I need my cost per install to be in order for me to scale. And then Adrian has a question. Hi, Mike. Awesome app. Hey, if I put the Facebook pixel into my app, will I need the privacy pop-up option for users? Any tips for complete beginners to start with quick ads? Privacy pop-up. I know that you need the app tracking pop-up. So that's mandatory um, within your app. But I don't think you need a privacy pop-up. No. Okay. Are you aware of that, Steve? And any, uh, I'm not. I'm not an expert. No, I don't think you do. (laughs) Usually I'm like, Hey, have you set this up? And I'll come and set up the campaigns. (laughs) No, we don't set up. I haven't actually done within the onboarding. You do need the app tracking pop-up that's now mandatory, but there's no um, privacy pop-up that I'm aware of that you need. We don't have one. Got it. Any tips for complete beginners? I guess maybe like start with the interest-based targeting. Adrian has a more of a meditation app that is around the Celtic, you know, culture. And so any advice for him? Yeah. um, So any tips for complete beginners to start with Facebook ads? Yeah, I think um, honestly, it, it pays dividends to take a course or just invent. Honestly, you don't even need a course nowadays. Just spend a day and look up Facebook courses on YouTube. It's as simple as that. There are so many out there right now and it'll just give you a deeper understanding of the platform. And once you understand the platform and how to use the platform, it's really about just coming up with the ad creatives and starting to test different ads and ad sets. That's really all it's about. You know, advertising is all the same. It's, you know, getting your customer to know you and then want to download or try the app. So once you understand the platform of Facebook, it's really just about the strategy that's going to work best for you. And if you're in the meditation, if you have a meditation app, we actually have some meditations in our app as well. And, um, you know, finding the interest-based targeting for meditations, coming up with with, um, compelling creatives and creatives that are, you know, one, one thing with creative is that you want the creative to stop the viewer within the first three seconds. I know, I know it sounds super cliche, mm-hmm. but, but having, whether it's a still image or a video, having something within the first three seconds that is like, oh, wow, what's that? Like kind of a, a pattern interrupt is super important and it'll really drive your costs down per install. Well, nothing sells better than booty, in my opinion, right? Like, hey, yeah. here, here we go. <laughs> exactly. There it is. <laughs> there it is. And I, I think, Mike, I, I really like what you kind of said too, and I think you're really good about this. Hey, we just focused in on a, a particular channel. So Adrian, you know, like this is what I've experienced too. And so you 
putting your two cents, Mike, if you want. But like, I feel like sometimes when I'm working clients, they're like, hey, what about this? What about this? What about this? And get into this like more channels versus just trying to optimize a select few. And I think yep. that's where the biggest mistake is. And especially with search ads, sometimes I find it's like, we're trying to, you know, a lot of clients that you just bring on, they're like, they're running on UK, all this stuff when like 90% mm -hmm. of the revenues are in the US are not fully optimized for US. So I like totally. to stay focused just like you, but like, I think the, the biggest mistake I see is sometimes they're trying to do too much on too many channels. 100%. And another th uh, great point that that brings up is making sure you're, you're tracking which platforms that you're advertising on and then which ones are actually working. So we used to advertise within our Facebook ads on both Facebook and Instagram. But after we did some analysis over the last couple of months, we realized that all of the installs were actually coming from Instagram and the Facebook installs were oh. fairly high uh, costs. So we ended up consolidating all of our ads and campaigns to only deliver to the Instagram platform. And we don't even, we don't even advertise on Facebook anymore. So that's something to always kind of like look at. We'll probably retest that in a, in a few months, but right now it just seems like Instagram is where the installs are coming from and the low cost in installs specifically. So that's where we've actually transitioned all of our campaigns um, to, to, to be shown on. So that's something to keep in mind is like, not only look at the ads, the creatives, the audiences, but also look at the platforms that you're advertising on and seeing which ones are actually performing and then making sure you're optimized to the ones that are working. That's a, that's a great tip. I love that. That's a good one. Okay. Mm. And then again, uh, hi, I missed this channel. Well, we're back. <laughs> we're off for a little bit more back. <laughs> Arthur says, how much of an app's revenue should be directed into user acquisition via ads? I don't, I'm not sure I quite understand that question. Direct well, into if, user if we're acquisition. Making money, like, should we reinvest hundred percent of our apps revenue? Should we invest 50%? Let's say we're making, I don't know, $5,000 a month or a thousand dollars a month. How much of that revenue that we're making should we put into ads and acquisition? Yeah. Well, I think the answer is going to be different for every business, right? You, you want to be yeah. able to keep the business running, right? So, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever capital you need to fund yourself or the developers or whomever, um, and then it goes, it really goes back to the math that I talked about earlier, right? Is if you know that you can get X amount of purchases for X dollars, then figuring out your spend that you can do at that time and, and be profitable. The other thing too, is to keep in mind that you don't always have to make money right off the bat with Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. It really comes down to, you know, the long-term game game of, okay, if I spend $3 for an install, and I get one purchase um, out of every 20 or whatever, you know, how long are those people staying on? What's the retention like? What's your monthly revenue based on, on, on the four month, let's say it's a four month average retention rate, you know, so the, the cost, the lifetime value of the, of the customer is something to keep in mind with these numbers. So, you know, you want to, it's not so black and white with, you know, okay, I'm only getting I'm spending X and I'm getting X back right away. It's I'm spending X and what am I getting back um, of, on the lifetime of, of the value, uh, the lifetime value of the customer. So that's super important. And then obviously, you know, the, the name of the game is to increase the lifetime value of the customer any way you can. So strategies that we use for that, we're kind of going off a little bit here, but strategies that we use for that is, you know, really pushing annual. So we've got a couple of different ways that we do that. One is within our email marketing. So if someone's on the monthly plan for our app, 
we will send them um, marketing material via email and text message and push notifications to get them to hop onto the annual plan. So, you know, that way the lifetime value of your customer can, you know, 4X within that same month. So that, that's a really important strategy is trying to increase the lifetime value of the customer. Another way that we do that is we actually have in-app prompts. So if someone's on the monthly plan every month for the first four months, we will prompt them with the annual price. So the first two months, it'll be the regular annual annual price, which I believe is 50% off of the monthly. And then if they don't take that the month one and two, month three and four, we do an in-app prompt with a discount on the annual. So it's like 70% off of the monthly. And you turn a $20 sale into a $100 sale um, right within the app. So that's that's an important thing to keep in mind as well is trying your best to increase the lifetime value of each customer that you have. And another way that you can do that is really dial in on your, um, your cancellation flows and your win back strategies. So, you know, if someone cancels a trial or someone cancels a subscription, what are you doing to get that person back? And how are you going to, you know, offer them a discount that's applicable to them based on their cancellation? So what I mean that by that is, you know, if someone cancels a trial, they haven't even subscribed yet, but we will still offer them a discount pretty much right away. So we'll give them a exit survey and just say, hey, so sorry to see you go. And then a couple of days later, we will hit them with a three-day campaign via email and text message, just trying, just offering them a discount on the annual. And the beautiful thing about the winback campaigns that we use, and this is kind of a really cool strategy for people, is that with our winback campaigns, we only offer discounts on the annual price. So we, we don't offer any discounts on the monthly price. So if someone leaves, they're going to get messaging to, you know, with discounts and deals that are only applicable on, on annual memberships. So you're going to be getting higher revenue right off the bat. And in fact, the cancellation flows for a trial and a subscription cancellation, those are like our most profitable email marketing flows. And I kind of went off in a different direction there, but I, I thought that was important to say because it's it's one of our most yeah. profitable um, marketing strategies. That's awesome, Mike. So you said it's the cancellation win back. So people who have canceled to try to win them back, that's been the most profitable. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The other thing I want to point out too is what you've done, what you said was really great. Like the easiest way to, you know, what's the saying? Like to, it's easier to like keep a customer, right? If somebody's already paid you, they're more likely yep. to pay you again. And so Mike, instead of focusing on like, yes, you want to focus on getting them on yearly, but if they've gotten on a monthly, that's fine too, because Mike's got mechanisms to try to get them to eventually, you know, upgrade to the yearly. So if they paid you a little bit, that's a great, you know, in the internet marketing, it's called a tripwire. So where they get you to pay oh, just a little bit upfront and then yep. try to upsell you later on yep. too. Exactly. Love it. Super important. Okay. Let's get into one last question and then we'll get into the app audit. Captain Michael says, when you are using Facebook ads, do you like, do you focus on a few markets based on language? For example, English, I mean, how do you prioritize which geographic region you target? Yeah, I think that really comes down to, uh, you know, what your product is. So our app is global. So I typically focus on um, United States, Canada, and UK, those and, and again, this is all just from testing. So, you know, we've tested um, everywhere, but those are, the, those are the ones that we've found have the, you know, are the most valuable. They're the most high quality leads. They're more likely to convert to a sale. So United States, number one, UK, number two, and Canada, number three. 
So those are the, those are the three countries, um, regions that we, we target. And then outside of that, it really depends on your product, what you're offering. And like, for example, my brother-in-law owns a construction company and he is blowing up right now because he's, he's got an Instagram page and what construction company has Instagram these days, right? But he does all yeah. localized targeting within a couple cities. So he's now becoming literally mm -hmm. like famous in these cities. He'll walk down the street and people know him because they see him and his business is exploding because of it because everyone knows him. They see the work that he's doing. He's posting great content. He's providing value. So like I said, it really comes down to um, what kind of business you're in. And because we're all here for apps, I'm assuming that it's worldwide for the most part. So we do only target yeah. in English and we'll target those, those three countries, mainly um, in regions that I spoke about. Um, and then the rest is just, is just testing. I did um, earlier on when I first started tested more, you know, local regions and really tried to get um, niche with it and, and particular, and it just didn't work. It, Facebook's algorithm is super smart and it's better to just give it a broader audience and a bigger area to work with than trying to get too particular, unless you're in a local business that you want, you know, people uh, booking calls mm -hmm. with in, in a local kind of aspect. I love your brother-in-law's strategy. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's really I want to be cool locally to famous, just run ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually, you know, there's this realtor who's running all the ads and we're looking at houses before we bought this home. And then when I saw him in the house, I was just like, whoa, like, you know, I was taken back by it as well. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's, I, I got to take some credit. I actually, I, I, I gave him a poke a few years back. And I was like, dude, you got to get a, you got to get an Instagram page and start running ads. So he actually did it and now nice. it's just blowing up. So yeah, it's really cool to see. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I right, just saw a comment, why not, right why not Australia? And I actually did um, target Australia for a while. And for whatever reason, uh, the cost per install was just not good for us uh, with Australia. So I did target them and I should probably do an, another test soon with that. But um, just to answer your question, Michael, I did, I have tried Australia and, and whatever the reason our cost per install was not as effective there as the other regions. Next. Tired of overpaying for app store optimization? Get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.